The Dose. Happy Monday. It's a new week, new opportunities. Time to charge it up, time to get after it, make it happen. Cruising right through January already, right through 2018. I mean, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. I need a little choo choo train sound, Byron. All right. Thank you. Back in the house, back in the Daily Dose studios, that is Byron Filson. The beast behind the glass. We got Mike Sims back in studio. I am Jeremy Clevin. What's up? What is up? We left off last week. We had a few few good days in a row with Mr. Sims here. Yeah. You know, uh, Mike P&L Sims, we'll call you. <laughs> we coin you that. It's a lot of pressure, but I like it. Hey, you know what? Uh, it's good, right? Pressure's good. good. Yeah. You know, pressure creates diamonds. That's what they say. You know? And here, we, we, and here little, we are. We need a little pressure. We're diamonds in the rough. <laughs> Byron's rough. Byron's rough. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> metaphorically. Speaking. Metaphorically speaking, Byron, you want to fill us in? No. Um, so we were, t- <laughs> we were talking about, you know, um, you know, the, the good and bad that comes with, with uh, you know, having these multiple pillars, you know, of your business or these yeah. multiple revenue streams. And kind of how, you know, there's lots of folks out there that are, I don't want to say they're doing it at the level you're doing it, um, but there's lots oh, there of folks. <laughs> well, there are. No, yeah. no, but I mean the, the norm, right? Sure. Um, and a lot of folks out there aren't um, doing both. Like they either have kind of that sales business going or they have the fix and flip going or the doors, you know, the rental income coming in, things like that. But, you know, um, how do you decide where to spend your time? Mm-hmm. How do you systematize that time spent and then analyze that time. Okay. I would say I can um, add five or six more questions on top of that yeah, question. If you want, slow down. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I guess the easiest answer to how to prioritize it when we're talking about money. So what's the most lucrative one in the moment, right? So I'll go long stretches without buying a door or doing anything with my rentals. If the flipping business is rolling. We talked earlier a few days back about doubling down on what you're good at. Even inside of doubling down what you're good at, doubling down on what's working. <laughs> so, um, you know, you get real aggressive. Like I, I was telling the story about when I first started out in um, trustee sale, like I, w- I just doubled, tripled. I went all in on, on that because I just was like, this is both what I like and I could just see that, that this will work. Um, so that's the, the short answer is you just do, the you know, the most productive closest, thing in terms of the money. Dollar. I mean, yeah. I guess I'm sort of saying the same thing. So how do you determine that? I mean, I think that, like you say, we like to call P&L. that the closest, <laughs> closest to the dollar activity. Yeah. There you, you go. Know. Closest to the dollar activity. Because well, like it's, it's a challenge. I mean, you know, you talk about, I love your, your, your quote last week, you know, ROE return on equity. Love that. Um, a lot of people analyze the ROI, obviously being the return on income. Um, not as many people, re- I, I don't think analyze the return on time. You yeah. know, what's your, what's the true value of your time? Yeah. And yeah. and that's something you define, right? So like, um, ultimately it's, it's, you know, I think I've found that I get the most value out of my time when I'm in my time. Right. So in other words, like I could, I talk to, I coach soccer, I do other things. So like those aren't, I don't make any money doing that, like, right. but there's a return on it personally. Right. Yep. Or, uh, so true. You know, there's all kinds of different things you can, that's you, a great you example. can spend your time. Right. Yeah, I mean, so that's a like, return on time for, for what doing that. I mean, I, I coach many, many teams too. Tons, yeah. hundred kids. I was adding up the other day. I've over a hundred kids that I've coached in the last couple man. few years. So you are a savage, right? <laughs> <laughs> I 
And it's like, you know, I was telling this to somebody it's because I care, like I care about, I mean, I care the, my, my kids or the, you know, the world to me, but I care about kids in the next generation and having a little bit of an influence on, on kids in the next generation. That's, you know I think I mean? that's crucial. So that, yeah. I, and you know what I got in, well, I got it cause my two oldest are girls. And so, um, they had, they had fine coaches, but I, I, for me, it was really important that they learned to compete. Um, and that wasn't discouraged. And that, you know, uh, I'm not talking about turning into lunatics on the uh, soccer <laughs> right. field. Right. They're, they're still young kids, but um, also the, it's a, it's a church-based league. So that foundational type, um, it's pretty cool. So it was, I wanted to be involved in that um, both personally. And then also to just to kind of, like you said, steward this process, both for my kids and then other girls. I want them to have this permission to, to compete. You know, it was important to me. It's important, I think, to society. I think we're getting away from that a little bit, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. we're getting away from, you know, we don't want to compete necessarily and everybody gets like a, a bad word. That's why yeah. I'm like, oh, I had to qualify right. it. Even, right. I, I even qual- just qualified it by going, oh, I don't want them to turn into like, of course, they're not going to turn into lunatics. They just want to, like, want them to <laughs> right. want to win. They're fine. There's a lot of, it's, it's fun to, it's fun to win. My dad was yeah. really good about it. I, my dad used to coach my baseball teams and he's like, and he was, uh, my dad was an army ranger, right? So he's a pretty disciplined guy. <laughs> And he said, uh, we, we'd had like real structured practices. He wasn't, he didn't ever play like super competitive baseball. It's like, I never played competitive soccer, but you kind of can figure it out how to coach it. And, um, we were always really good. And he was like, isn't it just fun to win? Yeah. You know, and that was, and I was like, yeah, I mean, the that's not win. the, the only thing you want to have fun and yeah. you want to do all these things, but like yeah. get better. Yeah. And that's really how you measure it with little kids. For me, it's like, did we get better? Yeah. That's it. Because sometimes you got, you got, ter- you know, you got the cards you're dealt and, you know, you know. Or how much better did the worst kid on your team get? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's like a good I love, too. I love, you know, watching that kid that couldn't catch or couldn't hit the ball all of a sudden at the end of the year, they're hitting it. And this is like, yes. That's so fun. It's a great feeling. You and know? you can't create that any other way. No. I, I don't know. No. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. That's well, cool. we're getting off a little bunny trail. Yeah, it yeah, happens. Uh, <laughs> it happens, Byron. So Stop do. it. <laughs> Sorry, dude. I'm totally blamed by Byron's fault. To redirect you there. <laughs> Let's bring it back home, boys. Did he buzz you? It was like, no, he didn't. Pavlov's dog. He's like, I, I, I was like, well, what were we talking about? I felt him looking at me out of the corner of my eye. Get back on track. Yeah. Tapping his watch. Yeah. Like, hey. yeah. You know, there's only so much studio time to go around here. Get the hell out. <laughs> so how do you compartmentalize all these things and stay organized in terms of the, the multiple areas of your business? Um, well, I, you know, I think it's just, we talked about daily habits, right? So like, uh, with, you know, it's, it's a function of time, right? So I, I go, okay, well, trustee sales seem for me, what partly cause there's, they're happening at usually at 10. So that always was kind of a first thing, first business thing in the morning that I would start looking at. Um, rentals day to day don't, don't need a whole lot, which is what's awesome about them. Um, there are days where they do. But uh, for the most part, that first week when you're just making sure that you get all the rent <laughs> and then firing off just a quick check, hey, what's going on? Um, so, I mean, realistically, like those are the two, those are my two main pillars of business. And it's it's mostly a morning thing with trustee sales. And then I also, I'm, I'm running rehabs, right? So like, I'm not a guy, I don't, I'm not a wholesaler. So I don't buy and just wholesale them out. I have done that, but that's very, very limited basis. Um I mean, there was one year where we bought, re- I say we, I bought, they rehabbed, yeah. <laughs> and then I sold uh, 67 homes. So there's, you know, in that year, um, I'm also kind of babysitting these uh, 
I don't want to say babysitting. That sounds kind of lame, but yeah, I'm, I'm managing this process of the construction. So there's that too. So there's like the acquisition piece, right? And then there's the managing it through to completion and ready, getting it market ready. And then there's the ultimately selling it, right? So some of it I've been able to offload over time. Like I've been able to offload some of the management of construction at least four times. That hasn't been really great for me lately. <laughs> the management piece, I've been heavy. I've been in that business a lot more than I would both want to be. But again, we talked about doubling down what you're good at. Sometimes you got to do things you don't want to do. Like right now, like this morning, I was with one of my guys installing a, uh, not that it's hard, but carrying, getting a stove into a unit I'm trying to get on the market on Friday. How so do I you, just had to do it. How yeah. do you, I guess, um, you know, treat and operate this as a, a business yeah. that of course there's the ebb and flow in the market, mm -hmm. right? The ups and downs, there's different opportunities at different times. You mean it doesn't always just go up? <laughs> it doesn't it just like always. Last this decade, will right? last forever. <laughs> that's, the, that's the minute it changes. Yeah, right? I know. So yeah. I think there's still Nothing enough would. doubters that maybe we're yeah. okay. That's true. Uh, how do you create that? How do you operate that as a business? And I know you're talking about you know having staff. Um, like managing risk, like right. market risk? Well, market risk, but also like create making this a sustainable business. Yeah. So if you do want to go focus on something else and open, you know, a flower shop or whatever else you're into, um, you know, how do you I'm totally into flower shops? <laughs> I didn't even know you knew that about me. It's amazing. Uh, this guy's got intuition. <laughs> oh wait, what's Fokker's dad's name? Uh, that guy, the flower shop owner. Yeah, right. uh, but I'm you know, like, how, how do you awesome. create that in terms of in, in, in same thing on the sales side, right? Yeah. I mean, cause again, we talk a ton about, you know, trying to operate as a business, right? I mean, whether it be staff, whether it be, you know, systems, technology, P&L, having a PLLC and fielding all your commissions into a PLLC and running yep. all your expenses out of a PLLC. I mean, a lot of these things are very basic things, but again, it's a common sense. It's not always a common practice. Yeah. Um, so how do you create that business that can be sustainable and or run itself to a degree? I know you have to be involved. Yeah on the fix and flips or the rehab side? You know, I, I don't know how to do that on the fix and flip. I, uh, w when I say that, I mean, you know, I can hire guys to manage that process, but it's tricky because it's always your money, right? So I've learned in my life, like there's, there's an element of trust that has to exist in any kind of business endeavor, but there's also like the, this piece of me that always goes, I know more about what I'm trying to do. I mean, I do this even with my CPA or I've been fortunate. I've had a lot of legal issues, but I did. I have a, I remember I had an 18 month audit and uh, at one point and I handled the whole thing myself until the very end where we were arguing about what color the sky is. Um, and it went really well, but it was because I know that I, I know what I know and I know my business. So again, we're on this rabbit, but like, you know, with respect to that business, like I've tried to have somebody kind of GM it, run it. And it's just, uh, a, it's it's getting it's kind of thin now. So like you right. know, adding that expense item doesn't really make sense. And I, I don't know that um, I've been able to fully replace myself in that. So that leads me to the question. You know, if it is getting thin, it is becoming more challenging when we start to analyze that return on time. Yep. Because it's getting, like you said, it's getting a little bit more challenging. You know, the time could get exhausted. The efforts, the money spent, is it worth it? Of course, you're doing sure. well, and you're turning. You know, you got to reevaluate all the time. These are good questions. Exactly. These yeah, are yeah. things I ask myself. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I'm not professionally trained, by the way. I just, uh, you just, I just I like whatever's flower on shops. my mind and I knew you like flower shops. Uh, how do you transition and or how do you, you know, uh, continue to build that sales side 
maybe through what you're doing on the rehab side? How, how does that flow over? Well, um, I, I'm not building my sales side, right? So if anything, I've gone the other way with that. That's just okay. not, um, you know, that's not something that I ever, ever loved. I've loved pieces of being a, uh, an a, a regular, yeah, traditional, traditional agent, but I, um, but that's not something I, you know, I've kind of have tried to, that was part of like my motivating thing. I always wanted to be more involved in like the rental aspect and the flipping. I don't like, there's definitely systems and a way to systematize it. I don't know that there's a way to kind of like, you know, you see these big teams, those guys, the most, and I don't know everyone and I haven't analyzed every team, but most of them are still involved. Um, and I, I, I'm sure there's a, probably a formula. I, I'm not familiar with it within flipping, to, to be honest. So I'm probably the wrong guy to ask. But I, no. uh, but it's I, you know, to think about. I, I think I there are hope, pieces yeah. where I can, you know, sure, like today, notwithstanding, that's a total anomaly that I'd ever actually go into a house and like physically move a piece of or an appliance, right? But um, the reality is like that management of it and, and overseeing that that pieces of that project, I don't know that you can ever completely get out of that. Um, I haven't seen that anyone pull that off. Um, one of the things you can do is like get into wholesaling, but that's that ship probably has sailed to a large degree. Um, maybe not. I don't want to discourage anyone from trying it, but, um, so yeah, I, I, you know, I don't know that I could, I could get completely out of that. There certainly would be a way for me to leverage what I'm doing into a traditional resale. I think for a resale agent or a, a traditional realtor, if they wanted to get into flipping or owning, uh, rentals or whatever, like if you're when you're flipping, certainly you get your own sign out there and you can use that to market, you know, but, uh, I, I don't. <laughs> so how do you, how do you identify these properties? Let's, let's stay on this, you know, the, the rehab thing. How do you okay. identify these properties? You know, what are you looking for first and foremost? So, um, well, ultimately like the, the classic adage that you make all your money on the buy, that's right. like totally true. Right. You know, like it's in, and one of the things, cause I've seen a lot of guys come and go and, or people, I should yeah. say people come and go and go broke and, um, go grow real big. And some of them have been on TV and now they're behind the bars. You know, right. there's one guy, you know, uh, it, you know, but there's several, um, I think the biggest thing is, is being really emotionally stable on that buy piece. Cause you can, you can certainly overpay. So how do I identify them? I, I now, I mean, if there are realtors listening that have properties that are in distress, I'm, I'm just a phone call away. Yeah. <laughs> I, feel like I, should, I feel like this is a read right now. Like a yeah. 623. <laughs> um, Hey, yeah, put it out there. Yeah, I mean, if you, right, if yeah, folks if, out there do have properties in distress or looking for a buyer, right? or maybe you got a stale property that has been on the market for a while, or just somebody inherited offer. something, and like, because like, there's truly times where everybody can win, right? Where you're selling a property that's in such distress, you can't really put it on the market. It's so thrashed. It's full of whatever. Like, you know, I've bought everything, right? Over the I've owned mobile homes, like just whatever. Um, so there are times where the client can win, the agent gets all the commission, which is nice. I don't represent myself as the buyer and I can let them keep all, whatever they've negotiated as a listing commission, they get all of it. There's, there's some appeal there. So if that's, if that doesn't get you excited, I don't no. know, no. but you can double in the whole deal. It's easy. It's like a uh, uh, close as, as quickly as we can get title and you don't have to ever have to go to an inspection. There's no appraisal. You don't have to open the door if you don't want to. It's great. So it's great for the realtors. So I have realtors who get that and are like, make money off that. Like that's part of their business, right? They bring me, bring me deals where they go, oh, this person like is willing to just move in there's situations that it just makes sense. Like you don't know what's going on on the other end of a deal. I had somebody who sold me their house. It was all they want to do is move to New Mexico. 
didn't want to deal with fixing it up. They had, they had some known issues that were, I was able to cure for much cheaper than they would have been able to. I mean, you got to imagine if you got certain problems, like if you're just doing them once in your life, it's going to cost you a lot more than somebody who's done them 50 or 60 times, right? Or a hundred times or 300. I mean, I, I think I've lost count at like four or 500 flips. So I've done quite a few. And so you, you, I can get better pricing. So in other words, like they can buy something or they can sell something to me for as good a price or better than a price quickly, easily, without any hassle. I, everyone can win, you know? So, so that there are agents that get that and they bring those to me. So that happens. Um, you know, there so are, to me, I kind of take it back to like, that's a way to create uh, some leverage in your business, right? Yeah. To create, you know, if you have a handful of those folks that you can rely on and maybe some of those people could be staff or maybe they could work part on your, your, you know, rehab business, part on your sales business, part in whatever business, you know? And uh, again, that's kind of a way to systematize structure that people that are on the hunt for you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Just so that's, idea. and it's almost kind of like I have that, but there's no, I don't have any employees. <laughs> yeah. I, I've never, you know, so um, so yeah, so that t- the way I identify them in terms of like finding them, generally it's, it's cause I, I think people, mo- a lot of people know who I am now at this point and they know that I perform and that's a big piece of this. There's a lot of people running around saying they do this business and they don't really, right. you know, and there's some big now companies like the open door and all these guys, and they play all these weird games with top line numbers and bottom line numbers and repair costs. Like that's not how I operate. Um, so it looks very different and people, so people will call me directly, agents will call me directly, like whatever. Um, so those, those are pr- the primary sources of finding those. Gotcha. And then, um, and then, you know, in, inside of that, occasionally I just say, I think this would be a good rental. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how I identify those. Those are just sort of a byproduct of, of being out there and involved. Being and, in the field, have yeah, a feel yeah. for it. Yeah. Price yeah. points, what can be. You know, I was, and you know, I have other friends who are flippers too. Like, they, yeah. you know, you don't know, like I had a house that I, I just wanted to wholesale. So I wholesale it to a guy who now, he, just like you said, you leave a little mo- meat on the bone for the right. next guy, sold it to him for a price. I was happy with it. He turned around and pushed it out to his network because he has a different network of wholesale buyers. I don't have that. And he made some good, he made good money on it. And all he had, to, it was a concurrent close. He, I think he, I don't know, I think he made like 10 grand or something, but you know, he earned that because he built out this network that I don't have. Yep. Yep. I was, that would I, be another way to, that yeah, would be another yeah, way yeah. for me to kind of grow what I'm doing is to build Absolutely. out that, that buy there, side. Yeah, there you go. See, we're yeah. sparking some new things, some new go. ideas for you right now. <laughs> you know, I played in that space, had some su- success with that year, you know, years back. And then one of the things I always used to identify and it doesn't relate anymore because of the price points, but for, for a couple of years there, you know, I'd always, I, I call it, you know, the 1% rule. Um, if I could identify a property that would get 1% in rent for the, oh, yeah. for the purchase price. So 1% easy numbers, per, e- yeah. easy numbers sake, if you could take down a hundred percent or a $100,000 property, they got a thousand dollars a month, you know, in rent. Yeah. Um, you know, the, you, you can, you know, run the numbers and the return. And obviously if you do some average, you know, appreciation and things like that, like that was always, I always went after like that 1% rule. Yeah. And now, I mean, it's a lot harder. Now to, you got to be an operator, right? And right. I think that's the other thing when right. I, when right. I spend time in my business is figuring right. out ways to um, leverage my existing relationships to, to, for discounts. Right. I have deals with Home Depot, national deal, all these different things that, you know, you're getting some money, all these, there's ways to, when you're paying attention, you can actually start saving and leveraging those relationships. Cause that's the same thing. All my vendors know 
that they get paid, <laughs> that it, uh, it's easy work. There's no homeowner to deal with. It just like looks a lot different. So the ones that get it love the work and they use it kind of as their bread and butter and they go do other stuff. Leverage too. to me is a powerful word. You know, um, you know, Mark and I do a class as part of Workshop Wednesday every so often, you know, leverage points and expansion, you know, identifying it, you know, in your business. I'm such a big believer in lever- leverage. You know, hundred people's per, uh, 1% of 100 people's efforts is the same as 100% of your own. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, leveraging time, leveraging costs, leveraging, you know, people and resources um, constantly um, to, to try to eventually use that. It's, it's like an investment, right? Investment yeah. into, the, into the next level. So on that note, I know we're going a little bit long today. Let's put a little bow on this. We'll come back for one more segment, one more day with Mr. Mike Sims, a true beast the most positive <laughs> sense of the word. Guys, have a great Monday. Kicking off the week right. Let's get it. Talk to you tomorrow. See you. See you. Bye. Bye.